to another edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by Adam and Paul. Adam fresh back from his trip down uh, to Cheltenham, and uh, Paul busy scratching his ear. How are you doing, Adam? Yeah, very well. I had, um, had a good good weekend, yeah. Be- beautiful Stratford on the way down, and then stayed in Gloucester. Uh, obviously went in- into Cheltenham as well, and uh, yeah, some in- interesting characters on that uh, on that trip. So I'd give Deb C a shout-out. She's obviously one of her avid, uh, avid listeners. And Paul, how's <laughs> your ear? Yeah, just it did, that's all. Cheltenham nil, Wigan Athletic nil. It had to happen, didn't it? We had to uh, finally hit that game where we didn't score a goal. We've done so well this season. It came about, but also we broke we broke another duck. We kept a clean sheet the first time since November. Well, I'm blaming it all on Jason Taylor. He picks picks an away game for the weekend, doesn't he? And he picks the nil nil. Yeah, it wasn't one for the purists, was it? Yesterday, the uh, the pitch wasn't very good, uh, and there was a bit of a wind blowing across as well. So. Not great football conditions, and, and and I think they just Cheltenham just adapted to it better than we did. Very bobbly pitch. It wasn't it wasn't for the floor players, was it? It was one for the grafters. We might have got away with one there actually because Cheltenham had two glorious chances. One in the first half, the uh, from a corner, and really that should have been in the back of the net. Yeah, right behind that, absolutely right behind it. Should have buried it. It was like one of our uh, moves, wasn't it? Edit back across and edit in. Yeah, bad miss. I thought that would be our wake-up call to get our act together. But we we seem to be in fits and starts yesterday. There was no fluency to the game. When we look at the man of the match at nominations later on, you know, the fans were voting for, it, it, it wasn't the Fleur players at all who were getting nominated. So I think that in itself tells the story. I, I think it, it was one of those games where it, it kind of, you, you're waiting for a spark and you're waiting for something to spring it into life that just doesn't happen. And like you say, it just becomes one of those wars of attrition. But, you know, vital thing is we get out of there with a point. Cheltenham had a, a penalty claim. Oh, they were claiming for a penalty. I don't say it was a legitimate penalty claim. There were two, actually. There was one where Etete got dragged down, but he didn't really. It was just a tussle in the box. And the other one was uh, Ben Amos's save when he got clattered into by, I think it was Alfie May who was going through and uh, caught him with his knee on his head. So if, you, <laughs> if, if you're head-butting somebody's knee, I don't think that's a, a legitimate penalty claim either. To be fair, it was the one that you're alluding to there was right at the other end, so very, very difficult. I mean, I haven't seen any of the highlights from Quest. I don't know if any replays were shown of it, but didn't look like one to me. Definitely not. Amos said he saw stars, but he didn't lose consciousness, so he knew he could carry on. <laughs> I think somebody said that some goalkeepers up were, you know, you have to be a little bit mad to be a goalkeeper and... and uh, yeah, I mean, he got up and got on with the game. I thought we came into it towards the very end. We changed our shape and formation, didn't we? Uh, I'm not being critical here of, of, of any players, but I don't like Dorico at left-back when he's got a good right-sided player against him because uh, that attempted to him on, on, on the uh, dead ball line, ghosted past him because he'd no left foot. I thought they t- kind of targeted that area of, of our, our team for to attack. When we switched to the three, when we brought Jason Kerr on, and uh, McLean um, playing as a wing-back with Massey on the other side, I thought we looked at a lot more balanced. And I know we only had five or ten minutes playing like that, but we did create two or three chances when, when we switched. From Massey as well, really. I mean, he, he actually did really well on that side. He got, he got balls into the box, which we weren't getting into the box in the first half, really. 
we kept hitting the first man, didn't we? Even when Edwards got half a yard, he hit the first man. McLean couldn't get his crosses going. It's a bit of a pity we'd lost Will Keane because... He was actually putting some good balls in, and that's where you know Will Keane is superb. You know, attacking those. I mean, I, I know we've got McGuinness, but it was a debut really that he did all right. But it weren't it weren't a great game, like you said before, for the forward players. And I'm definitely going to reserve judgment. Uh, I'm sure some people have written him off already uh, after one game, but. Uh, Given the comment he heard at Sunderland when they said Jack Watmore was the worst centre-back they'd ever seen playing for Wigan, I think I'll take with a pinch of salt what some uh, Wigan fans say. You've got to let players bet in. And I was I was surprised, actually, that, that McGuinness started, especially with Humphrey scoring twice in the last two games. And I think he, he deserved to keep his place, in my opinion. So it was a bit of a surprise. And I think hindsight's a wonderful thing. But I think I do think Josh McGuinness would have probably benefited from coming on as a substitute in that game rather than starting it. And we tended to hit the long ball to his or try to hit his head. That's one of those things that you always retrospectively pin on a player. Charlie White took time to bet in and was was starting to bang goals. And it's a nice retrospective thing to put on him. If McGuinness bags a hat trick on, on Tuesday, who's going to be talking about embedding in? You know, nobody is, are they? You're right, it is, it is something that does need to happen. But if he scores a couple of goals on Tuesday or, or at trick, as I say, nobody will even talk about it. They'll just they'll accept that he has bedded in and, and then it'll go on from there. It's just about delivering. If you, do, if you deliver week in, week out, then jobs are good. And you, you might feel like you're not part of the team or, or it's not quite built around you. But if you're banging goals, nobody's going to talk about it. It becomes a personal thing. If it's one there, everybody's talking about it, it, it can get to you. So it's, you know, just let's let, him, let him play a few games and see what happens. He's been brought in to improve the squad. I do agree that you could absolutely look at Stevie Humphries and say he deserved to start. But, you know, you've brought a player in there who's got a proven record of getting out of this division. Why not use him? You've bought him so you can use him. You know, that's the beauty and the problem of managing a, a squad of 18, 20-odd players. They don't all bed in like Jason Roberts, do they? Who, uh, who scored after 56 <laughs> seconds on his debut. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Thinking of our chances yesterday, I think we had one opportunity to, to score a goal, which I thought uh, we, will, we would take, and we didn't. It was when McGuinness flicked a little header round the back and, and Keane latched onto the ball and he were through. He hit it with his with his left, and then he, he seemed to pick an injury up, Adam, uh, right in front of where you were. Did you see what happened? It seemed to me, because his touch wasn't great, he went he went wide, wider than he would have liked. I, I was wondering whether something might have gone before he even completed the shot. Whether it's a little tweak of his hamstring or something, I'm, I'm not sure. But it looked it looked like he looked awkward when he was shooting. And yeah, that, that was probably our best. I think Watmore had a half chance, didn't he? Um, you know, Owen Evans, I thought, had a, had a good game for Cheltenham as a, sol- a solid game, but didn't have to make any any saves as such, did he? But he, what he did do, he commanded his box well. Probably say that... Uh, well, in my view, the best player was our goalkeeper and probably their forward players were just slightly better than our forward players on the day. But because we defended well and we kept the keeper played well, we got our clean sheet. So that's that to me is you get out of there with a point, picked up 10 points now, haven't we, in January and we've advanced in two cups. Third player, what a very good January we've had. Excellent January, yeah. Just run through the stats. Possession 52%. Both sides had nine shots with two on target each. They just edged the full content, 14 to 15. 
we edged the yellows with two, Shinnett and McLean, uh, but they edged the red cards with Williams getting sent off for a second bookable, which was the foil on Masset. Uh, his first one was on Edwards in the in the first half, both of which were uh, yellow cards. I, I don't think there's any complaints there. And I don't think he had any complaints because he knew exactly what was coming. He just caught, he just caught Massey went through him. The attendance, 4,045. I mean, you've really got to focus on our travelling support, haven't you, which were, again, once brilliant. Back to uh, what Adam said there about standard performances. For me, Power, what more? Watts, McLean all had solid games, but I agree with Adam that Ben Amos was the main guy. And I, I thought both goalkeepers played particularly well. And I think that sums up what type of game it was when your keepers are your, you know, your man of the match. The Progress with Unity listeners, man of the match, posted on both Twitter and Facebook was Ben Amos. Well done, Ben. Two bits of news popping our way. First of all, the pizza trophy draw. As the balls came out, Liverpool United will play Rotherham United. And Wigan Athletic... It's what we all wanted, a home tie against Sutton United, a team that we've never played competitively. An interesting tie. Both games are going to be broadcast live on Sky TV, one on Tuesday, one on the Wednesday. I mean, you couldn't have asked for the draw to come out any better, could you? Home tie. They're a good side, Sutton. I've, I've, seen, I've seen them on um, a couple of games and they're a, they're a side that's been together for a long time and they're a decent side. You know, we, we will have to be on our game. To, to get through that. They're not going to be anything like an Oldham. You know, this 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 is a tough tie. And you've got to remember as well, you know, a lot of their players want to play in. It's a massive stadium. It's a massive game for them. To progress, we're going to have to be at our best. Whoever he puts out, we're definitely going to be at our, have to be at our best because this this is a really tough game for us. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I mean the, the selection dilemmas we've got are going to be around, you know, playing the team that got you there or playing a team to try and get you to Wembley and mixing and matching and that balance and all the rest of it, isn't it? The other bit of news that I, I was alluding to is the fact that Dan Byrne's transfer from Brighton to Newcastle has been sanctioned. They've accepted a bid of £30 million, which gives the Latics a sell-on of around £1.5 million. So it's a nice little windfall, especially coming mid-season. And um, I think you wanted to say something on this, Paul, didn't you? Yeah, because, again, in other news, there's been a lot of comparisons uh, and, and, for me, false hope being given to Derby County fans comparing them with the administration athletics. It gets my goat that the administration diminishes the job that Jonathan Jackson and his team did when they were in charge at Latics because they did a bloody good job. When we went into administration, there was property, there was playing assets in the first team and in the academies that all got sold off by the admins. Mr. Al Jasmi has bought the club effectively for peanuts because there was a lot of stuff there to buy. If you buy Derby, you get a tax bill and a badge and nothing else and it costs you an absolute fortune. And this windfall is absolutely indicative of the good job that was done pre-administration. And it just gets my goat that they compare it with Derby when Derby's been a you know a long a long running saga of mismanagement and deception. And it gets my goat because I'm sure Jonathan's tearing his hair out somewhere. Tuesday evening, we've got the rearranged fixture with Oxford United. Spoken again to the excellent Ox blogger who has given us uh, his views on Oxford United. Let's have a listen to what he says. 
I think most fans are pretty happy with how the season's gone so far. The realistic expectation from most fans, I think, was to achieve the playoffs, which is what we achieved for the last two seasons, and to see what happened from there. We had a pretty good start, and I think there was a, a hope that maybe we were equipped to go a little bit further and maybe head for the automatic spots. But I think as the season's progressed, not that our form has dipped, but that that may be a bit beyond us. Most players have had a pretty solid season. The The big three um, are Matty Taylor, who just keeps scoring goals. Cameron Brannigan, who's just uh, very uh, versatile in the middle of the midfield and has always been a fan favourite. But I think the player of the season, because of the transformation really in the way that he's been playing, is Mark Sykes. He... He's always been quite a sort of talented, tricky winger, but um, he's added goals to his game uh, this season and, and also a little bit of grit as well, which is great. Um, uh, so for me, he would be the, the player of the season. Realistically, Wigan and Rotherham uh, have got the two automatic spots. Who goes through via the playoffs is obviously tricky. You would think that Sunderland probably were best equipped generally but that's been the case for years and then they've not fulfilled that their expectation Wickham aren't the greatest team in the world but they are efficient and robust I think it's probably between those two I can see Wickham going through as much as that uh, that pains me to say it's been very quiet over the January transfer window a uh, few rumours about players going out uh, we lost Jordan Thornley who was on loan from Blackpool, which uh, coincided with a bid from Blackpool for Cameron Brannigan, which we turned down. And so they seemed to throw their toys out of the pram and recall Thornley, which seemed a bit childish. There's rumours of signings coming in. Uh, We might be having Marcus Brown coming back into the squad, which would be his third spell, and he would be a great addition. Um, Hopefully we're going to hold on to all of our players one or two have been linked to uh, to to championship clubs uh, but that seems to have died down so really it's been very quiet I was pretty impressed by Wigan uh, when they came to the Kassam strong and fast and direct and efficient and I think those are the teams that we really do struggle against I think we'll we'll be really happy if we we came away with with a point but we're coming off the back of two pretty good performances Uh, against Gillingham and against Sheffield Wednesday. So you never know. He's gone for the draw. They've won the last two games, but they weren't in the best of form before that. So he's also named his uh, player of the season so far as Mark Sykes. He is the second top scorer at Oxford. So it is somebody who's, who's likely to catch our eye. I'm just a little bit concerned that they've got a good right winger there. So maybe we could have a formation change on uh, Tuesday to accommodate that. I wouldn't be surprised if um, if McLean played. They might go with the three at the back, possibly for this game, unless Bennett's available and ready to go in a league match. Because uh, I think Pierce might be a couple of weeks yet. So let's have some ref watch for Tuesday night. The referee on Tuesday night will be Andrew Kitchen, who is from Concert in the Northeast. This is Andrew Kitchen's first season in the Football League, following two seasons in the National League. It'll be his first game involving either club, although he was due to take charge of the original fixture against Oxford back in November. The 33-year-old has refereed just six games at League One level 
and these games have produced 17 goals, a sending off, and a penalty. Bit manic when he's refereeing. His card watch this season is 19 games, 49 yellows, two reds, and he's awarded three penalties. So let's go for the previous. Uh, we played Oxford on 13 occasions with one seven, one draw, and five defeats. Oxford currently sit sixth in the table with 49 points from 28 games. The recent form, as Barry alluded to, they had a little bit dicey patch with a draw and a couple of losses, but they have won their last two games and a very impressive 7-2 hammering of Gillingham. And I'm sure Oxford will be very glad there that on this occasion they were the away side with a seven for them rather than a seven against them. Last time out, uh, there was a very impressive 3-2 win at Oxford. When, if you recall, we took the lead uh, 2-0. Uh, they came back, but uh, a late winner from James McLean. Uh, last season, they did the double over us, both games ending in 2-1 uh, defeats. And as our guest stipulated before, they're aiming for the third consecutive playoffs. Back to Barry for the predictions. Yeah, uh, I think the other game that they won was Sheffield Wednesday away, weren't it? Uh, in that little run that they've put together. So two two good two good wins, really. I mean, a 7-2 is good in anybody's books, isn't it? No matter who you're playing, you know. And no matter how many penalties you got. I know they got four penalties, and but they scored each one, and each one was scored by uh, Brannigan. So I think it's a tough one, this. We don't like Tuesdays. We don't like playing at home on a Tuesday even more. <laughs> Do you know, I'd be I, I'd be happy with a point out of this. I really would. And I don't like Carl Robinson at all. And he's, I, I don't like his, his demeanour. I don't like the way he is. I don't like how he sets his teams up. I'll be happy with a point. So I'm going to go. We're going to flesh it well on Oxford United one. Oh yeah, I, th- I think the thing for me was this: this game was the one that um, Jack Watmore referred to the character of the squad in the the three-two game. And I think having played a team lower down to then have to kind of redeem yourself against a team higher up, um, you know, a team that's clearly chasing us and 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 those around us. I think that character is going to show again on Tuesday night. I think, like you say about Carl Robinson's teams. I can see the crowd being annoyed on Tuesday night with the antics of the Oxford players and us all getting up for it, all showing a bit of character and Latics running out 3-1 winners. So as I said before, I think maybe we might tweak it for this game to get our three defenders in. I think there might be um, a return for the legend that is Turtis Kilt. As I referred to him after a few whiskies the other day, I didn't get my words out correctly. But yeah, I think Tilty might come back in. James McLean on one side, left wing back, probably Dorico on the right, back to where he is. Which you know, I think I think that can be a, a really strong uh, side. It's going to be a tight game, this. I think they're obviously going to be full of confidence, but we've got enough about us. You know, we've got enough quality players. You know, it, 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 it's a, it's a very good squad. You know, they're all they've all had minutes recently. So I'm going to go for a two-one Wigan win on Tuesday evening. There's some games, as hours. Wimbledon v Cheltenham, Doncaster Rovers v Rotherham United, 
Gillingham v Crew Alexander, Sheffield Wednesday v Markham, us in Oxford, and Bolton will be playing Cambridge United. Rotherham in action, we're in action, so we'll still be two games in hand, whatever happens. We'll be back on Wednesday <laughs> for all the reaction to Tuesday night's game. And uh, it might be a bit of a party mood. I'm not saying any more at this stage. So until then, it's a good night from me. Good night from us. Good night. Up the six. Up the six.